Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I am Chris Ann Hall, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where I'm liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I would say everybody who is at our website. Sometimes we have guest writers on our website. They are and share that trait with me, liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. And you know, if you haven't visited chrisannhall.com lately, can I encourage you to do so? We have so many tools available for you. Again, I, I wanna just tell you that I, I hope to disciple sincere, America liberty loving people to disciple you beyond the 186 years of misinformation and miseducation that has been beat into our brains. 186 years. I just, just sort of grasp that for just a second. 186 years of propaganda through the education system altering how we think America is supposed to work. And so that's what we do at chrisannhall.com. That's what we do at Liberty First University. We want to give you the information. We want to equip you with what you need to stand confidently, boldly, courageously for what is right because you have the foundation to do so. We have, we have a courage problem in America the courage to take a stand. And I believe, as Samuel Adams said, that it's because of a lack of knowledge. Samuel Adams said, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, but on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. You see, the ignorance, the pervasive taught and designed ignorance that has fallen over the American people is intentional for 186 years. And it's that that, that we need to overcome. I want to share something with you. Uh, I want to share with you a quote. Uh, there's a guy named and Antonio Gramassi, he lived from 1891 to 1937. And he believed one could, though through years, if not decades, the long-term perspective, slowly subvert a culture 
in which the public could be influenced into a Marxist ideology. In this deluded idea of someday achieving an egalitarian utopia, he wanted the victims to actually enjoy being a party to a collective and a repressive regime. Gramsci, G-R-A-M-S-C-I, Gramsci believed that if communism achieved, quote, mastery of human consciousness, then labor camps and mass murder would be unnecessary. How does an ideology gain such mastery over patterns of thought inculcated by cultures for hundreds of years? Mastery over the consciousness of the great mass of people would be attained, Gramsci contended. If communists or their sympathizers gained control of the organs of culture, churches, education, newspapers, magazines, the electronic media, serious literature, music, the visual arts, and so on. By winning cultural hegemony, to use Gramsci's own term, communism would control the deepest wellsprings of all of the information itself if one can gain control over the minds that assimilate that information. Under such conditions, serious opposition disappears since men are no longer capable of grasping the arguments of Marxism's opponents. He says men will indeed love their servitude and will not even realize that it's servitude. Think about this. This is the... the early to mid-1900s. The Marxist takeover of America began in our institutions of education in the mid-1800s. They had a long-term patient perspective on the overtaking of American culture and ideology through, as, as Gramsci said, the organs of culture. Churches, social justice, education, all of the, the, the ideologies that are taught, this, these humanistic ideologies that are taught in our public schools now seeping into our private schools through the textbooks, which are all controlled by this Marxist ideology. Newspapers. Does anybody ever doubt that communism is being pushed by our newspapers today? Magazines, all media, right? Serious literature, music, the visual arts, and so on. The organs of culture. The most successful kind of overthrow of government or ideology is not one that is done by the end of a sort. The most successful overthrow of government or ideology is one that is happening at the cultural level. At the end of the sword, all you do is change who is in charge. But the cultural overthrow that Gramsci's talking about here will make men love their servitude and not even realize that it's servitude. 
which is unfortunate because you can't even draw any kind of political demarcation in America of people who get the servitude. We have people who consider themselves conservatives who do not understand the depth of servitude that already exists in America. If you will defend social security, you're unaware of the level of servitude that you operate in. If you defend the institution of property taxes, then you don't understand the level of servitude that we already operate under. But Chrisanne, how will we build roads? How will we collect trash? How, do you know there are countries all over the world that don't have property taxes and they still pick up trash, they still have roads? There's a way to assess the collection of money from a community for these kinds of services, police, fire, trash, whatever, without tying the government to the ownership of your property. As a matter of fact, in 1100, a king of England declared that property taxes were a sign of an unlawful, tyrannical, evil and oppressive government, as well as uh, inheritance tax. There are so many aspects of servitude implemented on the American people today that it would take me a week's worth of shows to just list them. And most of them fly over our heads. The requirement of a driver's license to occupy our roads is a level of servitude. I wish people would just simply think about the purpose of a driver's license. The purpose of a driver's license is not to ensure safe drivers on the road. If you think about this logically and rationally, there's no way that the possession of a driver's license actually ensures safe drivers are on the road. For the most of Americans, you take one driving test for the rest of your life. That one driving test is taken, arguably, at the most irresponsible time of your life, when you're 15 or 16 years old, and you never take one again. How do you know that these people are still safe drivers? Well, you don't, because the purpose of a driver's license is not to ensure safe drivers. The purpose of a driver's license is a tax on driving. Same with license plates, registrations. They don't ensure safe drivers. The possession of a, of a license plate does not make you a safe driver. It's just simply a tax imposed upon you to drive across the roads. Can we have good roads without these forms of taxation? Sure we can. Why should somebody be in, in many states, Florida, for example, if you don't renew your driver's license and you drive on an expired driver's license or a suspended driver's license, because if it's expired and you don't renew it, and then you drive on it, then it becomes suspended. So you don't have to do anything, just drive on a driver's license that hasn't been renewed. You didn't pay your tax. And if you drive on that driver's license three times, you are now 
eligible for a felony offense. You could be a convicted felon for driving in Florida without paying your tax three times, which means now the state of Florida removes your right to keep and bear arms, your right to engage in civil activities simply because you didn't pay your driver's license tax. The kind, you suffer the same consequences for not paying your driver's license tax in Florida as you do committing a murder or robbing a bank. How does that make any sense? So I want us to simply think about the sort of level of servitude that we operate under, especially as we go into this 2020 election year. And I, I am full, I know as awake and aware and knowledgeable about history and liberty that I am, that there are deep levels of servitude that I am simply discovering as well. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Deep, deep seated thoughts and education leading us into our own servitude. And think about that. Just the idea that you have to ask permission from the government to defend your house, your family, yourself. Why don't we see that as a level of servitude? You have to ask permission to, from someone to protect yourself. You are in service to that person, servitude. You are a subject of whomever you must beg permission from, especially when it comes to these natural rights. The right to defend yourself in the best manner possible. What is the best manner possible? Whatever manner it takes at the time. You have a, a natural right for that stemming from the first law of nature, which is the duty of self-preservation. Every living creature exercises that natural instinct of self-preservation. The lion doesn't run around and ask the hyena if it's okay for him to protect himself or his kin. Why do human beings have to request permission from other human beings to guard their life, their family, their home, and their property? It is a natural right. And it ought to be, by nature, an instinctive right that automatically arises within our systems, within our souls. An objection, an immediate objection to every person who suggests that we need their permission 
to defend ourselves in the best manner possible. What's the best manner possible? Whatever it takes at the time. If my enemy has this, I'm going to have this and more. I have this, this t-shirt that I got from the bearded black cowboy that says, I train harder than you because for me, losing is not an option. That ought to be our instinct. I train harder. I work harder. I possess greater skill and opportunity than you do because losing my life, my property, my family is not an option for me. And I don't care who you are. Which puts me, you know, sort of in that level of, of if you ask the Department of Homeland Security or the Southern Poverty Law Center, that puts me at the level of a domestic terrorist because I will look you in the eye and simply tell you, my life is not your possession. My life is not for you to evaluate, evaluate its worth. My life is mine. I establish its worth. It is mine and mine alone to secure in what whatever it takes, period. And I don't know if I, I just, this is an educational aspect. And to think anything less than that is simply subtle, insidious servitude. We've been so deceived for so long on these issues. So long. Liberty over security is is now called an extreme ideology. Principle over party makes you an outcast in many circles. And don't even get into the whole truth over personality thing. My goodness, I can't tell you how many times a day somebody comes to me with the fallacy of logic, the argument to authority. We have to become more liberty-minded. We've got to be more educated in these issues. Remember, knowledge and virtue, as Samuel Adams said. I want to talk about uh, GOP Senator Rick Scott says he is hopeful Congress will pass gun reform. What is this? Gun reform. I, those two words together are offensive to my spirit. This is not about taxing and spending. We don't need budget. Re we need budget reform. We don't need gun reform. And what GOP Senator Rick Scott is completely oblivious to, obviously by his statements, is that, hey, the federal government has no constitutional authority whatsoever to create laws that interfere, regulate, or otherwise control my right to keep and bear arms. As Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Can I please remind you to go to chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Click on the shop tab and go get your Liberty First gear. 
Get informed, get equi in equipped, get inspired, and then inspire others. Get your Liberty First gear so it can do the speaking for you. Let it open the door, break the ice, whatever you want to call it. But the Liberty First gear works. We have to overcome this, this implanted, this artificial instinct this trained instinct that has been put into our mind that we must submit when government wants to control us. JC and I were talking in the car the other day. He made, he made the most profound statement. He said, if you hired a bodyguard, a security officer to keep, to keep your home secure, your property secure, you know, sort of do, do rounds around the property lines and make sure all the doors are always locked and no intruder comes in. To secure your property, to secure your life, to secure you in your space. If you hired a security officer to do those things and then one day the security officer showed up on your door and said, guess what? I own your house now. If you want to do anything with your yard, you got to come to me. But I just, I just hired you to secure my property. Well, now I own your property. How many people would be like, what the heck? Have you lost your, your stinking mind? But that's exactly what's happened with our government. We have hired them to secure the property of our rights. And now they turn around like Rick Scott and all these other people. I don't even refer to them as Republican and Democrat anymore because all of them were hired to secure the property of our rights. And now they proclaim they own them. They act and expect us to act as if they own our rights. Of course they act like they own our rights. I'm not exaggerating. If you have to ask permission from them to exercise your rights, you don't own your rights, they do. If you have to ask permission from someone to plant in your yard, to fix your house, to do whatever you wanna do, you don't own your property. It's like renting a house, you can't, put an addition on a house that you rent. You can't dig up the driveway and redo it yourself and remodel everything because you don't own that property. The landlord does. But these people like Rick Scott, like Dick Durbin, like, like, um, uh, Dan Crenshaw, like Brian Babin, and sometimes even our, you know, our ones that we like to like, Matt Gates and all these people, if they come to you and tell you, you have to ask for permission before you can exercise the property of your rights, what they're saying is, yes, I know you hired me to secure your rights, but I own them now. I'm the owner of your rights. And that ought to be violently offensive to us. That those statements, Rick Scott's statement, he's hopeful that Congress will pass gun reform ought to be seen as a violent statement. I mean, seriously, the 16-year-old high school junior in, in Loveland, Colorado, posts a video of guns in a box that he and his mother are taking to the range and snowflakes get offended and scared because they think that's a picture of violence. I'm telling you, Rick Scott is a picture of violence. 
1774, when governor of Massachusetts took and seized the powder from the powder house in Charleston, Massachusetts, the rest of the American colonies made the public statement that what what Thomas Gage, the governor of Massachusetts, did in 1774 by seizing the powder of the private citizens, you know, the powder is the equivalent of our ammunition today, by seizing the powder of the private citizens, they said that Governor Thomas Gage had committed an act of war against the American colonists. Rick Scott's statement is violent. Now, those of you who know Rick Scott, like we do, know that this is not out of character for Rick Scott. Rick Scott has never been a gun person. He has never been in favor of our right to keep and bear arms. If you remember back in 2013, those of you have been following the Chris Ann Hall show that long, and we've been on the air now um, six and a half years. In 2013, Rick Scott prosecuted the sheriff of Liberty County, Florida, Sheriff Nicholas Finch, for standing up and defending the right to keep and bear arms of his constituents in his county in Liberty County, Florida. We went to Rick Scott. We said, look, man, you don't want to do this. This is going to backfire on you. This is not going to work. See, Rick Scott and his cohorts developed this, picked up this really antiquated law that was still on the books and then jerry-rigged it so that they could apply it to Nick Finch to prosecute him for standing for the rights of his people. We told him this will not stick. You will be embarrassed. This will not work. He, rem he, he had this sheriff removed from office and criminally prosecuted for completely, as our founders would say, pretended offenses. In October 31st, 2013, an eight-person jury acquitted Sheriff Nicholas Finch of all the charges against him. And Rick Scott had to reinstate him to office. I'm reading this um, this article written by Joe Joe Wolverton, who Joe Wolverton the second, who's who's also has a degree in law. Rick Scott in this article he says, uh, Rick Scott said Sheriff Nick Finch will be reinstated immediately. I would like to thank the members of the jury in Liberty County for their service in this trial. I would also like to thank interim sheriff Buddy Money for his service to the state of Florida. And what Mr. Wolverton says is it's ironic that Rick Scott would thank the citizens of Liberty County for their service on the jury when it was Rick Scott's removal of Sheriff Finch in the first place that served to effectively disenfranchise those very citizens. Nicholas Finch was elected to Liberty County for his stance and promise to defend the rights of the people. And when he did, Rick Scott had him arrested on charges that could not stick. And we tried to warn him that he wouldn't hear it. Rick Scott is a gun control tyrant. Can I remind you that Rick Scott, as governor, 
signed together the red flag law that would kick off this new trend across America for red flag laws in the states. The Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Public Secure, uh, Safety Act. Yeah. When I was a prosecutor, the, the, the chief state attorney over me said, always beware of laws created and named after tragedies because you know that they are emotionally based legislations and not legally and lawfully based legislations. And you can thank Rick Scott for that. You know, the GOP had better wake up to where this is taking them. People are no longer tolerating these aggressive gun-grabbing tyrants. Now, I took a poll on social media that covers Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I asked, with a large number of Republicans supporting Red Flag Laws and TAPS Act, how many who would normally and regularly vote Republican are now willing to vote against any GOP candidate who supports violations of the people's rights, no matter who will win if that Republican loses? So what that means is, are you willing to vote for a non-Republican? Are you willing to not vote for this Republican, even if it means you won't vote, no matter who might win? when that Republican loses. Do you know across the board, 75% on Twitter and greater in other places said, I will vote no to all gun law supporters. Less than 20% are saying a bad GOP is better than any DNC. I want you to see the difference. Over 75% said, never again will I vote for these gun grabbers. Less than 20% say a bad GOP is better than any DNC. It used to be the other way around. It used to be, I'd rather vote for a bad Republican than let a good Democrat win any day. Now people are like, no, this is, this is a deal breaker for us. This is a deal breaker. Listen up, GOP. Your state national committees, wake up and see. Your platform declares that you are opposed to all federal gun laws, to all gun laws that interfere with the rights of law-abiding citizens to keep and bear arms. Go read your own platform. This will be your political demise. The American people are no longer tolerating this stuff. No longer. We're done. And you want to keep your office. People are like, look, there's no difference between Rick Scott and Dan Crenshaw and Brian Babin and any of these people that support red flag laws or TAPS Act. There's no difference between them and the Democrats who want to steal them. The only difference is, is that they try to, these Republicans do it deceptively and disingenuously. When the Democrats are all honest, I'd rather have an honest foe than the kiss of a deceptive friend. Let's look at this Texas gunman thing. The Texas gunman who killed seven was fired from his job on that day. This was a disgruntled employee. He had failed to pass a check with the National Instant Crime Background Check System while trying to buy a gun. He did not have his firearms lawfully. 
Just think about this as we go into the break. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. What gun laws now or any time in the future would have prevented this man from doing what he did? Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Get your Got Liberty shirt. There's no better way to simply break the ice and teach liberty than with with a, a clever shirt like Got Liberty. You can get it in several different styles. You can get it in many different colors. And it's all available at chrisannhall.com. When you go to our shop, just click on it and find the Liberty gear. We have we have uh, cell phone covers. We have um, T-shirts and hoodies and all kinds of great things, coffee mugs and stickers and placards, all of these things to help you educate instead of simply pontificating. I want to read to you. So I've actually... Um, published this article before by our friend Victor Sperandio. And I'm going to republish this because this article by Victor, who was a 2008 inductee into the Trader Hall of Fame by Trader Magazine and has been included on Zayat Aldenor's, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, list of top 100 Wall Streeters. He was featured in the best-selling book, The New Market Wizards, Conversations with America's Top Traders by Jack Swagger and Super Traders, Secret and Success of Wall Street's Best and Brightest by Alan Rubenfield. This guy is smart, right? Wicked smart. I want to read this to you. The title of his article, and I will put it in the show notes today, and I'm also going to post it as a new posting on chrisannhall.com so you can read it. We're not going to be able to go through the whole article, but this is actually something you need to see. It's impossible to outlaw crazy. The government has a better chance of curbing being struck by lightning. He says the outcry that takes place whenever a mass shooting occurs, especially in a school, is certainly deserved. However, politicians thinking that laws will curb these events is mindless and statistically impossible. Certainly lessening these occurrence in schools is possible and should be done. Visit any government building for effective tactics to accomplish this as they have virtually zero incidents of shootings. Moreover, some historical facts should be considered. The largest number of deaths, both at a school and away from a school, were from a bomb, not a semi-automatic weapon. He's talking about uh, Timothy McVeigh in in Oklahoma in 1995. He says, but almost no one remembers the Bath, Michigan school bombing of 1927, which killed 44, 38 elementary school children and injured 58 other people. He has a brilliant essay here on true statistics that support this thesis that you can't stop lightning and you can't outlaw crazy. So I want you guys to go see this. He says, let's review the real stats on mass shootings over a long period. Mother Jones has an excellent data base of mass shootings from 1982. U.S. mass shootings from 1982 to August 2019. 
Data from Mother Jones investigation. A mass shooting is an incident in which random shooter targets people in general where three or more people die from, by firearm-related violence. According to this progressive left-wing organization, from August of 1982 to August of 2019, 38 years, the total of such incidents is, over 38 years, 114. This comes to three mass shootings per year on average. He goes on to talk about how um, the shootings, these statistics are so skewed and we're actually brainwashed by the media and the politicians. Why would they do this? Why would they want us to believe that we are in greater threat than what we really are? Because they get power from that. They get power from that. This gun, Texas gunman, he didn't pass a background check. What did the background check do to stop and prevent this? When this guy got mad at his boss, he called the police and the FBI against who calls the police when you are the FBI when you have an argument with their boss. These things don't add up. No gun law that we have and no gun law that they are proposing would stop would have stopped this man from doing what he did none of them we have to understand that guns don't kill people our friend larry stevenson said i did a i did a youtube video for 3 days where all i did was a live feed of my gun said i'll pay you a million dollars if you point out when this gun moves or hurts anybody because if you don't touch it, it's doing nothing. Guns don't kill people. Crazy people kill people. So make sure you go to chrisannhall.com and read Victor's article. It will be up today. God bless you guys. Hey, let's hang on to liberty instead of personality and party. God bless you guys.